Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Do you feel like you're the only young person who cares about your Catholic faith? Do you look around at Mass and only see silver foxes? We're Jake and Kathy, a young adult married couple, and we're here to tell you, you're not alone. That's why it's time to get Truth Pops. You're going to get a podcast designed specifically for you, a young adult Catholic in a pop culture world. The countdown is on for Truth Pop. We'll connect Christ into culture. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Jack. Sports Jack. It's Sports Jack. Welcome to episode 238 of the Sports Yak podcast. Oh, you mean the Earl Averill episode? Earl Averill, the pride of Snohomish, Washington. Played for the Cleveland Indians for about a dozen years. He's Earl Averill, he who hit 238 homers and was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1975. Family Broadcasting Corporation. In association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. It's all the way! It is! Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever! Before we really get into the weeds on sports, uh, your thoughts on Joe Buck going into the Hall of Fame? My thoughts are probably more generous than my wife's, who can't stand Joe Buck. Uh, He's been around for a long, long time. And you can say, okay, nepotism got him the job. Maybe. But you can't say that nepotism kept him as the lead voice of Major League Baseball for the last 25 years and the lead voice of the NFL on Fox for the last 19. At some point, you have to perform, and and Joe Buck has been steady in his performance over the years. Uh, Here's a fun fact. I didn't know he went to IU. Yes. Uh, The uh, Bloomington campus. He's a a Hoosier. Mm -hmm. And born and raised in St. Louis, learned the craft from his dad, the great Jack Buck, and Jack Buck called the Super Bowl in 1970. Joe Buck has called several Super Bowls now. So Joe Buck going to the Hall of Fame, I believe, uh, well, the next time they have a ceremony there. Sure. First father and son to be inducted, if I heard yes, correctly. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Uh, we'll get into Big Ten, speaking of Hoosiers here in just a moment, but let's start with high school. Let me unveil, this will be great on a podcast, my new Elkhart Lions shirt. Oh, you plunked down some, or somebody did. My sister-in-law lives next to a super fan who makes these shirts. I see. So I'm representing the Elkhart Lions tonight, a game you will be calling at 645. On Facebook, YouTube, and the IHSA Champions Network. And it's Penn and Elkhart. Little history on this. Penn was not a 
a big school at all in the 1960s or early 1970s, and so they never played a unified Elkhart High School. They didn't start playing Elkhart teams till Penn joined the Northern Indiana Conference in 1976. Since joining the NIC, of course, Elkhart was divided at that time. There was Central and Memorial. And since that time, Penn is 79-3 and against Elkhart schools, has not lost to an Elkhart school since 1985. They have beaten football teams from the city with an elk 63 consecutive times. So this year, Elkhart has merged its high schools back into one. And so you take the football talent from Elkhart Central and Elkhart Memorial that's returning, and the Lions are 3-0 and and ranked number 8 in Class 6A. They average 48 points a game. But they still have to get past the team that I, I lovingly and respectfully call Michiana's villain because they're, they're much like Notre Dame. They're much like the Yankees. They have been the standard of excellence in our area for a long time. They wear black. They go on the road, and people boo them, and they still win. So I think Elkhart would really like to become Michiana's villain. And quite frankly, I asked Josh Shattuck, the Elkhart Lions coach, about that at practice this week. Well, it's an opportunity for our guys to make a statement that Elkhart football is uh, not just a player up here. We're going to, you know, we want to be the team. We want to be the model. And really what we're trying to do is emulate what's Penn, what's Penn, what Penn has done for the last 30, 40 years. And to do that, you got to beat them. Now you can talk all you want. And I will say, as somebody who was born and raised in Elkhart, people in Elkhart do talk a lot. But they have not delivered on the field in the past. Tonight, could this be the night that they deliver on the field? Corey Yeoman has respect for every opponent. That's one reason that he has been as successful as he has been at Penn over the years. And he certainly has respect for the Lions tonight. I mean, they've got athletes all over the field, offensively, defensively. Uh, They're special team, great team speed. And, uh, you know, Josh has done a great job with them, you know, getting them, you know, cohesive. And uh, uh, so they're, they're an impressive-looking group. And it's hard to argue that. You look at Elkhart's talent. They've got a Division One recruit at wide receiver in Tyron Mason. He's going to Western Michigan. A Division One prospect in Derek Woods at running back. Quarterback Cameron Wiltfon, who puts the ball where it needs to go. Good offensive line. Defensively, they've got Rodney McGraw, who's going to Penn State. And Kenneth Dennis, who's getting looks from Michigan State. Elkhart has an abundance of talent on the field tonight. Can that talent be disciplined enough and play with the fervor that it needs to play with tonight? And sometimes that's a tough mix to play with emotion and to play with discipline. And do what it needs to do to beat a Penn team that I know people are saying, well, Penn's down, they're 2-2. Two and two. Look at what Cathedral did to them. Last week, they bounced back from a 45-point loss to Cathedral, went on the road, and beat the second-ranked team in Class 4A. Now, East Noble was playing with its backup quarterback. I get that. And East Noble put some points on the board. But as the great Ric Flair once told us, Corey, to be the man, you got to beat the man. (laughs) And quite frankly... 
if Elkhart wants to assume the role as Michiana's villain, they can't do that until they get past this large stumbling block known as Penn. I'm excited to watch this game tonight. We're we're making a family event of it. And as as well you should. Mm-hmm. So that's not the only game in town, though. Yeah, take us up in the metaphoric chopper. Show us around to what else is playing tonight. Over in Middlebury, another Elkhart County school, Northridge, is 3-0. and They have not given up a point all year. Their, their defense looks like the immovable object. And tonight they meet the irresistible force known as the Warsaw offense, which we saw on TV 46 last week, put 40 on the board against Mishawaka. So Bart Curtis brings his 3-1 and Tigers in to face Tom Wagaman's 3-0 and Northridge Raiders. Both are undefeated in the conference. The winner will clearly have uh, a seat in the driver's seat in the NLC for the rest of the year. So that's a huge matchup over in Middlebury. You go over to School Field tonight. Adams is 3-1. and They're coming off a loss to St. Joe last week, 21-14. Marion is steamrolling teams 4-0 right now. Marion is new to the NIC North this year. They have terrorized the NIC South over the years. They've moved up to the North, and guess what? Marion might be good enough to make a run in the NIC North this year. They've got weapons all over the field. Maddox Begonia Bright playing as well at quarterback right now as perhaps anybody in the area. Good running back in Malcolm Anderson. Speed on the outside. Michael Davidson's defense has been improving week after week. So Marion and Adams tonight at school field. And then down in Walkerton, you've got two teams coming off emotional wins last week. Knox knocked off its arch rival, North Judson. John Glenn beat Jimtown for the first time in 30 years. But you can't afford a letdown because Knox has beaten John Glenn four straight years. That coming after Glenn had won 14 straight in the series. Should be a pretty good battle tonight between a couple of good, underrated quarterbacks in Zach Rose of Knox and Nathan Creed of John Glenn. So Knox and Glenn tonight in a non-conference contest in Walkerton. Michigan plays football tonight, Chuck Freeby. I am excited for the kids up in Michigan, for the coaches, for the broadcasters, for everybody involved in high school football up in Michigan to finally get the season underway because really as recently as three weeks ago, this looked like it probably wouldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And things have turned around, and fortunately people came to their senses, and there's going to be football in Michigan tonight. I think if you look at it, you've got St. Joe. Andrew Prattley's team gets a visit from Kalamazoo Central tonight. That's a that's a tough season opener, but we'll see how the Bears handle that. Niles takes on Berrien Springs. Berrien Springs new field not quite ready yet. So they're playing that game in New Buffalo. It's going to be a very strange atmosphere Yeah, up I heard there. you say that on the sports this morning and thought, oh, okay, neutral area or I don't know. Uh, available area available. is basically what it comes down to. Is someone coaching differently at Berrien Springs? Yes. They now have the former Benton Harbor coach, Elliot Uzelak. That's right. He is the head coach at Berrien Springs, so he makes his debut tonight against Joe Sassano's Vikings. And then you've got Edwardsburg, which has been kind of the pen of southwest Michigan Mm -hmm. lately. And they have a visit from Vicksburg tonight in a Wolverine conference game. I would expect the Eddies to roll in that. Of course, there's a number of other games we haven't talked about. We'll have all the scores for you 
on the 46 Sports Facebook page. We'll try to get as many as we can on the Twitter page as well. But understand, we're working. Well, it's a working (laughs) Friday night. You've only got two hands, ten fingers, Chuck Freebie. Exactly. I'm looking forward to Notre Dame's football game tomorrow, specifically for, and you mentioned this early this week, just watching the young talent go up a notch. Yeah, well, and they need the veteran talent to go up a notch. I mean, Brian Kelly yesterday said he thought Ian Book missed what he called layups uh, last week easy throws uh, because he was too amped up for the first game. You would hope that a three-year starter quarterback would not be suffering from that, but given the parameters of 2020, maybe that's true. So the Irish need to get off to a good start tomorrow against South Florida, a team that comes in here expected to struggle this year. They only went 4-8 and last year. They have a new coach in Jeff Scott, a new offensive coordinator. You may have heard the name before, Charlie Weiss Jr. That's right, the young man who was a chubby-cheeked 10-year-old when his dad got hired here at the University of Notre Dame, went to St. Joe High School, played about a year of football, and then decided to become a student coach. And he would sit in the bowels of St. Joe High School, and at that time it was the old St. Joe. So when I say the bowels, it kind of smelled like bowels back there. And break down film and give the coaches scouting reports. Wow. And as you may recall, those two years, St. Joe wound up going to state. So I think you you can look at the talent and say, well, the talent had something to do with it. I think St. Joe was well prepared in those years because Charlie Weiss Jr. has known what to look for breaking down film for a long time. Wound up going to college at Kansas. Then he went to Alabama as a grad assistant analyst working for Nick Saban. And Nick Saban praised him on how much he was able to break down film and things like that. Went to Florida Atlantic, became an offensive coordinator last year for Lane Kiffin. And when Kiffin left for Mississippi, while Charlie was not the interim coach, he could basically run whatever he wanted to do on offense in the bowl game. And they faced SMU in the bowl game and put up... SMU was a top 20 team last year, and they put up 600 yards on them in the bowl game. Hmm. So this kid knows what he's doing. He's only 27 years old. I have a 27-year-old son. He's only 27 years old, and the offensive coordinator for uh, a Division One team in South Florida, and on the opposite side of Charlie Weiss Jr., you've got Tommy Reese who's only 29. So you've got two exciting young offensive minds to watch in this game. To me, that's the biggest hook and the reason to watch tomorrow. 2.30, USA Network. Was Tommy recruited by Charlie? Yes. Is that the right man? Yes. Okay. And Tommy is the son of a coach as well. His dad, Bill Reese, worked on the UCLA staff for many, many years. So, this this will be interesting. I would expect the Irish to dominate in this one. Um, they are a 26-point favorite, and that's, in my mind, that's just about right. I think for the countdown to kickoff show, I might have picked something like 42-14 or somewhere in that ilk. So, Which you can watch on WNDU.com. Yes, or if you get Antenna TV, you can watch it there tomorrow, 16.2, as they say. 
Uh, we are not on WNDU tomorrow because WNDU has coverage of the U.S. Open Golf Tournament. More about that later in the yak. And I know that is another cause of frustration for Diane Freeby. She does not understand why golf would supersede college football. Do you guys have an antenna at the house? Well, antenna TV is on our cable system, so she could watch that You could way. get it. Yeah. Okay. But if you don't have it on your cable system, you can watch it on the computer or mirror the computer to your TV yeah. at WNDU.com. One thirty for Countdown to Kickoff. We'll also be joined by the Heisman Trophy winner, Tim Brown. Oh, nice. Yes. Probably the biggest headline of the week would be Big Ten coming back. I don't think there's any question about that. This is a uh, this is an earth shaker, as they say, with the Big Ten changing its course from August 11th and deciding on September 15th that it's coming back and playing football starting the season October 24th, a nine-game season for the Big Ten Conference, which will end with a conference championship game December 19th, conveniently one day before the college football playoff pairings are made. The Big Ten, when it made its decision and... You know, we can debate what went into that decision back on August 11th. I think they felt like everybody else was going to follow. Yeah. And when everybody else didn't follow, and they're sitting there talking about playing football in the spring with only the Pac-12, that didn't look all that appealing. And they were going to take a big recruiting hit. They were going to take a big financial hit. Now... If you were truly doing it for the reasons of protecting your players and keeping them from from catching COVID or even worse, this myocarditis that was talked about, then you would have made the right call. I'm not so sure that's exactly what happened there. And they have decided that it's safe to return to the field. Well, what was it, 18 games last weekend? I'm sure those uh, the powers that be were watching going, maybe we messed up on this one. Yeah. You, do you think? Chancellors and presidents and whatnot, everybody's going day by day. You make bad decisions in the past six months, you make good decisions, but... All right, let's see you play nine games and then end, uh, like you said, right before playoff. Now, the funny thing is, the Big Ten, in a way, is being a trendsetter. The Mountain West, the MAC, and the Pac-12 are all talking about coming back now and not playing in the spring, playing in the fall. Because, quite frankly, if you're playing in the spring, you are the USFL to the NFL. You are you are minor league right now if you're playing in the spring. And so far there have been no acts of transmission on the field of COVID, you know, with the testing that's going on now. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be almost well it is daily for NFL teams. It's uh I three times a week I think for the colleges. So far there's been no evidence of any kind of COVID transmission through playing football. So we'll we'll see if those other conferences come back, but it looks like by late October, 
things might look normal on your TV screen on the weekend when you watch college football. Almost normal. Almost normal. <laughs> Still no fans, but at least we're watching games. And and we'll see how much that changes, too. Yeah, that could that could be a big 180 here quickly. How about we jump into the NFL, Chuck Freebie? Well, the game last night had uh, two of the more popular young quarterbacks playing each other as Cleveland faced Cincinnati and Baker Mayfield and the Browns get the win over Joe Burrow and the Bengals 35-30. to The Bears, of course, coming off that gift that they were handed by the Detroit Lions last week, uh, get ready for their weekend this weekend, and... I believe the Bears are taking on the Minnesota Vikings this week. Uh, Bears and or, Giants. Oh, Bears and Giants. That's right. Uh, it's it's the Lions and Green Bay. And Indianapolis, I believe, has Minnesota. And the Vikings. Yes. yes. So, pardon me on that. So, the Bears and the Giants. Of course, with the Giants, you have to watch out for Saquon Barkley. Uh, but I don't think the Giants are all that good. I mean, this is a game that the Bears are going to be favored in believe the line is five and a half points. And so, you know, the Bears could be 2-0 and at the start of the season. And if you would have asked me about that at the end of the third quarter last week, I would have, <laughs> I would have laughed hysterically. I believe all those games, too, for our local teams are at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Right. So you're not going to be able to see all three unless nope. you have the, uh, the package, mm-hmm. the, the NFL Sunday ticket package. Uh, more likely you'll be spared watching the Lions succumb to the Packers. And uh, you'll be watching Indianapolis and Minnesota. I think Minnesota's got a pretty good football team. Of course, I tend to favor them a little bit because Kyle Rudolph and Harrison Smith I know pretty well. Obviously, the Colts have Notre Dame guys too, like Quentin Nelson. I just... There's something to miss in Indy right now. There's something that isn't fitting right i don't think they've got all the pieces they need on this team i'm not sure philip rivers is the answer there yeah uh you've taken but i don't think that jacoby Brissett was necessarily the answer either but it's not just the quarterback obviously they took a blow last week when marlon mack went down with the achilles injury and the colts will be hurting it running back a little bit but i don't think that defense is all that good either so We'll see. They gave up three touchdown passes to the legendary Gardner Minshew last week. We'll see how they do against the Vikes. You're pretty hot on White Sox baseball right now. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, they're Because they're the White Sox? Well, except they are something like, uh, they've won something like 22 of their last 27. They are red hot right now. They did it again yesterday, came from behind in the late innings to beat Minnesota 4-3 and punched their first playoff ticket since 2008. So there will be postseason baseball at guaranteed rate field this year. You just go up and down their batting order, Corey. There's not really a weakness in there. And yesterday, Eloy Jimenez, who White Sox fans are more than happy to tell you they got from the Cubs in the Jose Quintana deal. Jimenez gets the game-winning hit in the seventh inning. By the way, speaking of the seventh inning, the Sox in the seventh, eighth, and ninth, when they're basically going up against the other team's bullpen, have more runs than any other team in Major League Baseball. Wow. So you can never count that team out of a game. They've got thunder up and down the lineup. 
to me, Jose Abreu is the MVP of the American League. He has more RBI than any player in Major League Baseball, and he's just really been the spark for that team. God knows the Cubs don't know how to get him out. That was shown in that series at Wrigley Field this year, and the Cubs will close with the White Sox next weekend. But I believe you're going to have two teams who win their divisions in Chicago this year, the White Sox, who are now three games up on the Twins in the AL Central, and the Cubs, who are dominating the National League Central and will face the Twins to close out the home season this weekend. How many games left? Uh, we're kind of towards the end, right? Yeah, the Cubs don't have any more off days, so they have 10 games left. 10 games? Yeah. And they lead the division by five and a half. Or speaking, five. Speaking of the Cubs. Hey, did we see John Lester pitch in a Cubs jersey for the last time? Well, you didn't see him night? pitch in the Cubs jersey for the last time because he'll pitch on the road. You probably saw him pitch at Wrigley Field for the yeah um, for the last time during the regular season. Uh, Six-year contract is up. As I look at John Lester right now, he's not the pitcher that he was even a couple of years ago. He can still give you some good outings and some good innings, but he's inconsistent, as you would expect with somebody coming with age. And he would have to uh, he would have to give the team a hometown discount in order to stick around in Chicago. Mm. They're not going to pick up the $25 million option for him next year. It just doesn't make any financial sense. So... It, it's unfortunate, but Len Casper said this the other day, and I believe it to be true. John Lester is the best free agent pitcher signing in Cubs history. And it's not even close, really. Because you look at some of the guys that the Cubs have brought in traditionally as free agents, and they have flopped. But John Lester delivered. Remember, the Cubs in 2014 weren't any stinking good. In 2015, they became a playoff team. We all know what happened in 2016. And John Lester was a huge part of that turnaround. And let's be fair, because I know what happens is you win one, you want to win another. Mm -hmm. And I want that too. But the Cubs have won a lot of games between 2015 and 2020 during the regular season. They may not have always delivered in the playoffs. But it's been a lot happier to be a Cubs fan in the last five years than it was in the previous five. And again, John Lester has been a big part of that. Okay. Because it's not about just what you do on the field. It's about changing the culture, changing the culture in the locker room, creating accountability. And I think Lester has been a huge part of that in that Cub locker room. Let's change balls, NBA. Excuse me? You heard me. The Miami Heat is the big story of these NBA playoffs. They are 10-1 and one in the playoffs. Remember, they were only a number five seed, and they have uh, thundered through the playoffs. They have taken care of everything in their path. They destroyed the Indiana Pacers. They went through round two with no problems. And so far, they're up two games to none on the Boston Celtics, the venerable Boston Celtics. There's a lot of unheralded talent on this Heat team. There's no question Jimmy Butler's the leader, and he is the guy that makes them go. But you've got Goran Dragic. You've got uh, Duncan Robinson. You've got Tyler Harrow. 
I mean, Bama Adebayo had the huge block the other night to preserve the win when he rejected Jason Tatum. There's a lot of nice parts. And here's the other thing, and I used the word unheralded earlier. Eric Spolstra, I think, is doing a magnificent coaching job in this series. And to be honest, and I'm a big Brad Stevens fan, he's outcoached Brad Stevens in these first two games. Listen to you. The, the zone defense that the Heat have used and the times they've chosen to use it have turned around the games against the Celtics. My son is now showing off his new LeBron basketball shoes coming up for tryouts and hopefully a season. Wow, those things are not Jordans. <laughs> the box is so gaudy, Chuck Freeby. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so, like, over the top. (laughs) Well, and you could say LeBron's a bit over the top sometimes, but he has the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals where they haven't been in a long time. Yeah. And they'll be taking on a surprise team in the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets eliminating the Clippers after trailing three games to one come into this series And you would be wrong to count them out early. They have been a pretty successful team in the Western Conference for the last three years. Fun story here. So I'm told by my colleague Adam Derangowski over at WSBT that Miles Garrett, their number three person, asked, why are they nicknamed the Nuggets? And Adam said, well, because of gold mining that went on, they mined out nuggets from the mines. He goes, oh, I thought it might be like chicken nuggets. And he was being honest. (laughs) How old is this young man? Too young, apparently. (laughs) Yes, Denver is the nugget capital of the world. Chicken nuggets, not gold. Chicken Chicken nuggets. (laughs) And that's, see, apparently he ties that in with the Washington Redskins a lot of people thought that had to do with Native Americans. It had to do with chicken skins. Check episode 43. <laughs> we should send that young man some nuggets with a little note inside the box. From your friends in Denver. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, Notre Dame does not play on NBC this weekend. They play on USA because the U.S. Open plays on NBC. U.S. Open being played up at Wingfoot Golf Course, which has been traditionally one of the tougher courses to play. The rough on the course this weekend is five inches. You could lose a small child in there. <laughs> However, uh, you you also have the best golfers in the world, and yesterday the conditions were perfect for them because the difference about playing a U.S. Open in the fall as opposed to the summer is the wind direction at this course. And the wind direction was favorable to the players yesterday, and they took advantage of it, and Justin Thomas fired a 65. He's five under par, and he has a one-stroke lead. Phil Mickelson, the wind direction wasn't going to help him. He fired a 79 yesterday. And uh, if body language, well, body language speaks volumes, And Phil's body language was, get me the heck out of here. (laughs) I'll have to go back and look at that. He wanted nothing to do with that round or that course by the time it was done. So 
It'll be interesting, of course, everybody watching to see if Dustin Johnson can continue the spectacular year that he's had on the PGA Tour. He's won two out of the last three events with great scores. He won the FedEx Cup, which got him a cool $15 million. And now he comes to this course, but it was Justin Thomas yesterday who carried the day. Patrick Reed had a pretty good day, too. He had a hole-in-one yesterday, and he's just one stroke off the pace. You know whose names I don't hear you talking about much in golf these days is uh, Rory and Bubba. Well, Rory's playing pretty well right now, actually. Okay. Rory is in contention. Bubba Watson has fallen off the face of the earth. Has he? He's, he's not even con- considered one of the hmm. great contenders anymore. Rory, and Rory still brings some eyes to the screen a little bit. But it's interesting. I was over at WNDU yesterday as we were getting ready for the pregame show. And uh, somebody in the newsroom asked, what are golf's ratings like? And I said, well, it just depends. If Tiger is in the hunt on Saturday and Sunday, they'll have good ratings. And if Tiger's not in the hunt, it'll be okay. But it, it won't compete with the NFL over on CBS and Fox. You'll have more people watching the NFL than you will the U.S. Open. Unless... Tiger can surge. Good now, point. Now, he showed some signs yesterday on the back nine. Really struggled on the front nine yesterday. Came up on the back nine, played well, and I think he finished at one over. Um, but he And he's capable of making those kind of surges. We've seen them before. But unless he does it, NBC's going to say, eh, I'm not so sure I wanted this. <laughs> the sports playlist has been played out. Now, Corey's world. I put Corey's world... On that rundown. You did. Uh, the other night, you went to a very nice restaurant. I don't know if you'd been there before or not. I had. I've been there once before. Okay. We, we liked it, and we wanted to take some uh, friends who were supremely gracious to us this summer, helping us with our backyard, and we took them down there for dinner. Rue 152 in Napanee. And uh, I know, I think I know the proprietor of that. I think I went to grade school with Scott Tuttle. I met him on... Uh, Wednesday night, he was working outside. They have an alley that mm-hmm. you, that's how you walk into the restaurant. He was working on outside seating. He's taking advantage of the weather and sure. spreading people out a little bit more. And he was working on a, an outside portion. What's the appeal of the place for you? Atmosphere, spread out real nice, kind of real, uh, you know, stylish. I like their big booth size or their tables. I highly recommend the peanut butter and jelly tots for an appetizer. Okay. Uh, I had uh, the mac and cheese plate. My friend had the bacon-wrapped meatloaf that he said was uh, a thumbs up. My wife had that as well. Okay. And, uh, you know, they've got the flavored drinks and whatnot. I stick with the lemonade because I drive. But uh, I just liked it. I like the atmosphere. Uh, now, I'm trying to remember from the photos. Were you clean-shaven uh, for that? or I was you, not. This was not? last night. This okay. happened last night. Yeah. I get a little... Uh, I keep I keep going back and forth on, should it, is it time for a beard? Maybe one more beard. But, man, it gets super gray. Yes, it does. And uh, it really ages me, according to my circle of people. Well... I would be included in that circle because as I looked at you this morning, mm-hmm. you look probably five to ten years younger than you have <laughs> because of that thing that you had on your face. Yes. 
that thing I had on my face. Exactly. Yeah. I believe that was a Paul McCartney song with wings. That thing you had on your face? Yes. <laughs> I'll have to go listen to that one. That may have snuck past me. Speaking of songs, you had an interesting question on Facebook this morning. What song songs never get old you listen to it and you are in now somebody jumped in very early on with one of my favorites boston more than a feeling on this day in history it was released to radio for the first time but of course i responded with the one that we will listen to monday on the yak let's not give it away because monday <laughs> on the yak it will be extremely appropriate for that song to play oh i just figured that out i understand that was on that list a couple of times today. Why wouldn't it be? Carrie Livgren of uh, Kansas has a birthday today. He's 70, one of the original members. Carrie on my wayward son uh, was mentioned this morning. I feel I feel pretty good about that one. What's yours? What's your go-to? Oh, boy. I wanted to see the, you know, of course, a couple Bob Seger. Uh, well, of course, Bob Seger. slid in there. Which, and ones I just, did, which ones are on your list? N- none. My friend Nancy said any of them, and I disagreed. Well, uh, Nancy's right. Stands the test of time, never goes old. Off the top of my head, uh, don't stop believing my journey. Okay. Hey, Jude. I'll wholeheartedly agree with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I heard one on the way in that I always enjoy, but I don't know how you feel about that group or this song. Okay. Owner of a Lonely Heart. Probably one of my top five favorite songs of all time. Really? Oh, that song I is just so good. The brass and the drums and, and the guitar and how they mix that together. The weird sounds. Yes. Oh, I love that song, Chuck Freebie. That's so great that you brought that up. I love it. That one shows up on my end of the year Spotify. Boy, you've listened to this one a lot. It's a good one. That one and Don't You Forget About Me, Simple Minds. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's got a, that might be more nostalgic than I have anything. to be in the mood for that song. Yeah. I, I can hear that song come out on the radio, and if I'm not in the right mood for it, it's like, yeah. Well, if you live in South Bend, it's a core song at our big AC station in town. They play it like uh, they bought it in bulk. Oh, okay. It, it's their roadhouse well, of radio. That would require me to listen to that station. Well, I'll listen on your behalf. Apparently so. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. I can't wait to go back and kind of look at uh, look at what's on there. I feel good about this. So we've given you a glimpse into a little segment that we like to call Corey's World. World. Yeah, it's like a little animated cartoon. Follow Chuck this weekend on Forty Six Sports on Twitter. You'll get all your scores, your updates. Your, I'll try to have self serving pictures too. Your behind the scenes on tonight's broadcast, maybe. Speaking of self serving, yes. Today's an anniversary. Give it to me. Three years ago today, on WNDU, I was Phil in Guy. <laughs> I remember that <laughs> one of my one of my favorite subversive moments. I got called in for that one. A couple days later, GM was like, "You're not going to do that again, are you?" And it wasn't it wasn't phrased like a question. <laughs> so you got. You were filling in on t- television. Yes. Was it last minute? Um, or you knew no, it was coming. No, I up? knew it was coming. Mm-hmm. But I was just in one of my uh, one of my playful moods. There's another. I I will have to post the other graphic that ran that night, where I was talking about the game of the week and the little inset 
that you have, and and usually in that inset they'll have a like for nerding football story they'll have the MD logo or yes. something like that, and that'll be up there. So that if you're watching somewhere and you don't have the sound up, it's like a verbal cue or a not a, a nonverbal cue to hey turn up the sound. I want to hear this story. Yeah, this one was an electrical plug, and it had underneath the words blatant plug. As I talked about the game of the week. So you got called into the office on fill in guy as your uh, name. Because I had more to use. I had Justin for a day. (laughs) Uh, That's a good one. Yeah. So, oh, well, but fill in guy, the (laughs) three year anniversary. Nice. So we'll be watching you for that. Uh, we're on Twitter as well, Sports Yak with two Ks. Yes. If you hit the subscribe button, you'll never miss an episode. We're kind of random here lately, but uh, we try to get uh, uh, multiple episodes out each week. You got two this week, and how much are you paying for this, Joe? That's, That's what I thought. Right. That's right, Jack Freddy. Until next time, Yak fans. Oogalooga, Earl Averill. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.